You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, TJ Coaston. And TJ has been in real estate since 2006. He first cut his teeth before the crash with over 200 you know, multifamily units in Tennessee. And uh, he's done deals in various different states like Texas, California, obviously Tennessee. And TJ's company now primarily renovates and wholesales in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you know, throughout Texas in general. And uh, you know, today what we're going to talk about is you know, TJ has been involved in you know, since 2006. So that's a cycle right there. We all know what happened in 2007, 2008. He was buying multifamily. And now he's focusing on um, still residential um, and some other asset classes. Uh, but, you know, we're going to talk about kind of the pros and cons between the multifamily and, you know, residential. And he's been involved in the crash. So uh, very interesting to hear his perspective. And TJ, thanks for coming on the show. Dude, Anthony, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Excellent. So, so what happened in 2006? Oh, uh, 2006 was awesome. The only problem with 2006 was we didn't really know that 2008 was like right around the corner. I mean, kind of had some feelings about it maybe, but uh, we didn't really know how bad it was going to be. So 2006, great. 2007, amazing. 2008, yeah, a little shaky. 2009 and 10, man, I think I walked around with a migraine for about two years straight. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was good. It was good. My Actually, my first deal was 112 distressed apartment units in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, it was about 10% occupied when we bought it. We bought it for a crazy number. We bought it for, I think, I don't remember, it was 800 grand. So wow. about a 16, something like that. So I don't remember what that is. 7,600 unit or 7,500 unit. Sure. Um, big capitalization, obviously, being that vacant. Uh, we figured in 15 to 17 a unit on the high end. There were a couple of burnouts that kind of drove up the price a little bit. Uh, our exit price at the time from pretty solid comps look to be in excess of 30. So that definitely says the difference of the market just over the past couple of years. Um, and it was, you know, not to be outdone. Our second deal actually was 98 units in a sub market that was uh, just about two miles down the road from that one. And that property was quite a bit more stabilized. Uh, long story short, unfortunately, neither one of those actually turned out well. Something must be working okay because we're still doing real estate now, 16 years later, 17 years later, whatever it is, whatever, 2006, I don't even know what it is. Anyway, so right. <laughs> still doing real estate. Uh, I've done some multifamily on a smaller scale since then. Probably missed out on, I don't know if I missed out, you and I can talk about it, um, on maybe when I should have gotten in, in DFW, uh, when we moved out here maybe eight years ago. And we do just a high volume of mostly residential, but we'll throw in a couple, you know, smaller multifamily. Uh, we did some self-storage last year. That was pretty cool. And we really like the transactional nature of the business. And we like the um, kind of liquidity nature of a residential real estate product in the house sector. So that's one of the advantages that I see of it. But that being said, I know there's a ton of advantages in the multifamily space also. So let's, uh, let's talk about it. Sure. So, so you're, you're focusing on, uh, sounds like single family homes now moving forward. And obviously, you know, that's a volume business. So how are you, are you flipping? Are you holding Like, what are your strategies now? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely active on all the sides. So we we flip wholesale uh, wholesale our 
kind of the primary exit strategies, I suppose. And then we'll kind of cherry pick the rentals. So we're, we're really aggressive on the directed seller marketing. We do a lot of online marketing with PPC and, you know, we've built the whole business pretty much around that model. So we build the business to find the properties. Um, and then we take it more or less from a deal first perspective. So let's analyze the fundamentals of the, of the seller and then what their problems are on that side, probably very similar to multifamily. Um, and you know, that way we negotiate based on what their needs are and then take the fundamentals of the property itself, figure out what we can do with it, depending on our cash position, depending on what we have, like just kind of lined up going forward. And then we analyze exit strategies on the back end. What's for this asset and this location and with, you know, what we have going on, what's the best exit strategy to capitalize on this. And then, then we just make the judgment call. So again, wholesale, um, is we try to buy everything, I guess, at a wholesale price so that we have that as an available exit strategy. Uh, I know a lot of people like, I don't know, kind of like backing into it. We'd rather get it for a price. We know we have multiple outs with, and then we kind of go from there. So there's areas we love buying rentals in, uh, in even in DFW kind of in some of the secondary ish markets, uh, we're getting above a 1% rule, which is pretty cool. So when we get a lead that comes in there, we definitely like, uh, jumping on it. We buy stuff actually in Dallas still uh, that probably gets us kind of the 1% kind of guideline. But then we see what the equity is on the back end. We're like, yeah, let's let's take the payday and reallocate the funds to something else. Um, and then, you know, wholesale is a kind of moving target depending on how you want to analyze it or define it. And I think the market's changing pretty much like in a lot of ways with that kind of product. So we'll obviously analyze that as well. Um, pretty high volume, pretty high volume. We have, I think, 32 or 33 deals on the board right now. And, you know, a handful of those are contracts on the front end, handful of those are listings on the back end. And then the bulk of it obviously is somewhere in the transactional process in the middle to get it from, you know, wherever we got it to, to wherever we want it to be. Right. So how large is your team if you're working on 32 deals right now? Yeah. On the, in the office team. So my wife and my, my wife and I's company, um, pretty much our thing we have, uh, we kind of call it a multifunctional thing. So our lead flow is mostly inbound uh, PPC marketing or some light direct mail marketing. And we find the advantage to that. We did a ton of cold calling last year. I think we spent probably 120 grand. That's a ton for me on cold calling between the data and the management and all the stuff. And we just found out that we really didn't like the lead flow as much as we did with the PPC stuff. I've been doing PPC since I think 2017 or 18. So we're pretty, pretty well acquainted with that. It's got some scalability kind of hurdles. Um, but anyway, so it changed up the team, leaned it down. And that's a long way of saying we got, um, operations guy, two acquisitions, uh, kind of a business partner that does acquisitions, training and management on that side does a lot of the funding. Uh, we have a operations guy that does a lot of the kind of construction things and kind of assist the, uh, real estate operations side. And then obviously we have my, my wife does the dispo if it's on market. Uh, we actually brought in a girl that's doing off-market dispo, so that's pretty good. And she's doing all of our leasing for our rentals, um, speaks, speaks Spanish, which we've actually found is a really good benefit. And on the dispo side, uh, getting kind of creative because the market's definitely changing. We do um, some note sales and some of that kind of stuff. So we're attracting a cash buyer or a seller finance buyer, and we're doing kind of unconventional marketing for that. So like Facebook Marketplace, um, even going back to old school, like Craigslist and things like that, which are actually working well. To, to attract a buyer for those products. So whatever that equals right now, we actually don't have any VAs. Uh, last year, I think we had seven or eight. And again, just the management headaches, I just kind of got over it and kind of tightened it up. 
uh, increased our PPC spend and we're pretty well known in the Dallas market. So we get a lot of referral business as well. I would say maybe 25% of our deals tend to be referral from either another wholesaler who doesn't know what, no offense to them, doesn't know what they're doing or um, uh, just someone that doesn't want to deal with the deal that they have and wants to pass it off to us. So that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah, no, that's great. So yeah, we're talking about high volume business is do you, do you see the volume of transactions down from 2021, 2020? Uh, I think so. So our volume's up because of how we've done, how we've basically increased our marketing and uh, buying more aggressively. We're definitely seeing a slowdown on the retail market. What's really interesting, we're seeing a slowdown on the retail market for blown out really, really nice flips that are kind of up here. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're seeing an acceleration in the retail market of what we'd usually call like a wholetale, but like a high level wholetale. So a wholetale that's not maybe here in terms of condition, but that's maybe here in terms of condition, you know, lived in, semi-updated or updated, um, could probably use a little bit of work, but not thrashed. And what's really interesting is this flip comp is now selling this comp. Uh, I thought it would compress this comp right now anyway, it's actually moving this comp a little bit higher. So we're having good luck with those products. Uh, again, our volume's up because of our negotiation, our lead flow, but the market is uh, quite a bit slower than it has been. Um, we're compensating for that by now there's fear on the, on the seller, like the seller distressed seller side. So we're actually capitalizing probably better on some of those leads than we have in the past two years where we have, uh, basically increased the capacity to negotiate with a seller, which is a nice, a nice kind of benefit. I wouldn't say that we're necessarily making more money because of that, but that's how we're managing our risk on the acquisition side is by being more aggressive with the seller because fundamentally there's less options in the marketplace for them than there were you know, nine months ago or a year ago. Um, so we buy better. And then, you know, if there's a compression on the retail side of the back end, it kind of helps compensate for it. That's what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And so you started, so when did you start? Um, obviously you started out with multifamily and you still have some smaller. So yeah. when did you start actually transitioning really fully into what, you know, you just described to everybody? Dude, here? Uh, it's been a, such a process, right? It's been a, it's been a process. Um, I guess the reason I built the team was because I really don't like talking to sellers. Uh, a lot of them are really nice people and, you know, I'm a very sensitive guy. So their story gets to me and uh, no, nah, I mean, kind of, but it just starts bumming you out. Right. You're talking, you're having the same conversations with the sellers over and over again, and you're making good money. And then you do the math on building a team and you kind of scratch your head, go, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to double or triple my volume to make the same amount of money as I'm making over here with a team, with the overhead and with the headaches. Is it worth it? But then if the pain of doing what you're doing, which is talking to sellers and kind of being in charge of all the different pieces is, you know, that much bigger than the pain of doing this, then that's kind of what you pick. Um, So I would say the volume business has been since about 2019, 2020, something like that. Uh, Lots of ups and downs after the crash. It took us a while to get out of things. I think it was 2010 or 11 before we finally sold the final property. Uh, the bank may have, may have taken a hit on that one and then did some real estate in San Diego, uh, out in California, did a couple flips, different market, very much kind of one at a time mindset, moved out to Dallas nine years ago. Um, and had a, actually had a back accident, which was kind of cool. That put me out of commission for about almost a year and then kind of changed the mindset. Like up here kind of rewired me where I just wasn't in the right spot to go like build this kind of cool team that we have now. So that's like success is never linear, I guess. Right. Is that what they say? There's always ups and downs and there's definitely been, there's definitely been some ups and downs in the business. 
All right. So what's so what are your plans moving forward? You have 32 deals on your your whiteboard right now, and we're you know coming up on, I guess fourth quarter soon, 2022. Yeah, it's kind of kind of keep going, I guess. I mean, it's been uh, COVID was interesting. Uh, it was definitely some good years in terms of on the dispo side. Um, no, I think it's right now we like our marketing. Uh, obviously, there's always incremental tweaks that we make to it. Um, again, one of the benefits we like with single family is the perceived liquidity of being able to sell it or being able to have multiple exit strategies you know, on a smaller level. Um, and we, we like doing it. We want to probably double our volume, hopefully in the next year. We want to build our kind of local brand and local community the, the way we've been doing for the past kind of two years, more or less, and just kind of keep going. Um, I find if we try to take on too many different things, like the self-storage self even is a good example, uh, great money in the field. But we try to add that to the residential thing. We find, you know, we're not as good at managing that as we are at managing our single family portfolio and at managing our kind of transactional business. So you don't necessarily retire on, you know, a couple of units. But, uh, but the business part is right now, it's actually a lot of fun and we're really enjoying it. That's awesome. Uh, how can my audience learn more about you, your company and connect with you? Yeah, well, we're in the North Texas market. So uh, we buy stuff all over in North Texas. Uh, we do run marketing in some other places, but this is obviously our, our base. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook or um, actually TikTok. I have a TikTok now. I didn't even know what TikTok was until like someone told me I have to get on TikTok and now I'm all over TikTok. Uh, TJ Cozen on both of those spots. Uh, we have our, I guess our landing page, uh, REIAF, which we like to say stands for Acquisitions Funnel. We let other people make up their own mind about what they think it might or might not mean. Um, and that's where we have some of our uh, resume building stuff, like our, you know, past portfolio deals, that kind of stuff. And we have a uh, education product that, you know, if people are interested, they can obviously look at it. Right. Awesome. Well, we'll have a link to TJ's website and all his social media platforms in our social media descriptions, as well as on iTunes. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it helps TJ and our channel get out our message to a greater audience. So really appreciate you coming on today, TJ, and best of luck to you in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you.